Hey everyone and welcome to Southern Catholic. This is episode three of season one. I'm Tracy Dillon and I'm going to be your host today. Today our topic is good old Catholic guilt. And if you know, you know, right? If you grew up cradle Catholic, you know what I'm talking about. Catholic guilt is one of those things that we say quite a bit growing up in the Catholic faith. And so we're going to talk about that, and we kind of laugh about it every now and then when we use that phrase, that good old Catholic guilt that our mamas used to talk about and that we talk about in the South. I don't know. I guess it's used in the North, too. I don't know. But we use it quite a bit, and we almost laugh about it, that we feel guilty for not doing certain things or not maybe fulfilling our Catholic duty um, and things like that. But it is a serious topic, and I want to address that. And while we feel that Catholic guilt when we don't do certain things, and I'm going to get serious on y'all, so bear with me when we start talking about this Catholic guilt thing, because it is real. We do feel guilty about not doing certain things or not fulfilling our Catholic duties, right? Because I think growing up in any religion, really, it can be any any religion. It doesn't have to be just Catholic. But I think we get caught up in all of the rules and regulations of what we are supposed to do and not do. There's a lot of do's and don'ts in religion. And I think that's what really turns people off sometimes. Like they just can't keep up with everything and it's just too much. And you do feel guilty if you don't do everything. And so that's where that comes in. If I just don't do all of the things perfectly, then I have this guilt, right? Because I can't do all of the things. So we're going to talk about that and why we feel that way, why we have this guilt if we can't keep up with all of the rules and regulations of our faith. And I think it's much deeper. I know it's, I know it's much deeper. And I think if we get right down to it, our, our faith is so much more about rules. Our Christian faith is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I think we can all agree on that. That if we truly believe that and we know that and we work on that relationship, then all of these rules... Not that they go away, but we have a different mindset about that. That because God loves us, which we talked about last week, and because we love him, and that we have this conversion of heart that we're going to talk a little bit about today, that we want to fulfill those rules and those duties, not because they're set and we feel guilty, we have this Catholic guilt because we don't fulfill those, but because we love him so much that we want to do that for him. Not because those rules are there and we feel guilty about it. It's because we are in this relationship with Jesus and our hearts want to do the right thing. It's like any other relationship. So we're going to talk about that relationship back and forth. Last week we talked about God's love for us. 
that crazy, ridiculous love that God has for us. And so today we are going to talk about the love that we have in response to him and what that, the next step of that looks like. And so God tells us, obviously, the first step is that he loved us first. And then what's next? God is very clear, and Jesus is very clear in the Gospels, that we are to repent next. Because we are sinners. And if we repent, then that leads us to this conversion. That's what repent means a change of heart because he knows that because of original sin our hearts need that repentance that change of heart going beyond the mind that we have is another way of that metanoia the change of heart going beyond the mind that we have that conversion of our hearts because in our human nature we are sinners. And Jesus knows that. That's why he came, right? That's why he came to earth to die for our sins. And he tells us very clearly that we have to repent and be sorry for our sins. Matthew 4, 17, he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's not enough for us just to go through life and just be a good person, to be nice. He says, repent. Because he knows that we need that to, to come into this relationship with him. In Luke 5, 31 and 32, it says, And Jesus answered them, saying, Those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. I have, come, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He came for us sinners. So that we could repent. So that change of heart is the next step. So that we could have this relationship with him. And that in that, once we repent, then we, were, we are open to that love for him. That we can have that relationship with him. And out of that, we want to do his will. We want to fill, fulfill these obligations that we have in our faith, not out of pure obligation because the, the church says do X, Y, and Z, and if we don't, we're going to feel super guilty. We're going to have this Catholic guilt because we didn't follow X, Y, and Z. But because we love God so much, that we want his will, that our desires are his desires. That's, that's where that comes from. And it makes me think of the story of Zacchaeus. I think we all know that story pretty well. We've, we've heard that story since we were young. Zacchaeus is the, the chief tax collector in the city, and, and nobody really likes him. They know that he cheats people out of, his, out of their money, and everybody knows it, right? And Jesus knows it, obviously. And, but he wants to see Jesus coming through town. And so he climbs up in the tree. And Jesus spots him. 
And what does Jesus do? He goes over to the tree and says, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today, I'm going to come to your house. And everybody's like, what? He's going to go to the house of a sinner? And Zacchaeus hurries down. And he's like, Lord, I am going to give half of my money to the poor and pay back four times everybody that I cheated money out of. He does that immediately. He repents and is sorry for what he has done. Why? Because Jesus is is telling him everything he's done wrong and is pointing the finger and saying, Zacchaeus, shame on you. Look at what you have done. You're a horrible sinner. No. Jesus shows him love and mercy. He shows him his love. He's like, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to go to your house today. That is beautiful. And then Zacchaeus, in return, loves him back and opens his heart and repents. That, that is how that happens. That, that back and forth of love and mercy and Zacchaeus' heart is changed because of that love. It's not because Jesus um, is is upset with Zacchaeus and and shows him, you know, and, and tries to get him to repent because he didn't follow these rules. No, it's that relationship. Jesus shows him love, and Zacchaeus' heart is changed. And Jesus says, today salvation comes to this house. That is a beautiful story and just shows us um, how that is supposed to be. That love and that relationship between us and Jesus Christ. And then, you know, it also in, in Luke's gospel, Luke fifteen ten, Jesus also talks about the joy that is there from one sinner that repents. It says, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And that's, that's telling the story about the, the one lost coin and the um, leaving the 99 and things like that, those parables. That's where that comes from, that Jesus in all of heaven rejoices when we repent, when we have that change of heart, when we truly come into full communion with Jesus Christ in that relationship with him, when we come to know and love him, then we can't help but want to follow him and do his will. Not because the church tells us to, not because the Pope tells us to, not because the priest at our church tells us to, not because our parents tell us to. It's because Jesus Christ loves us so much that we want to do his will because we love him in return. And that's, that's why we follow the rules. That's why we do his will. Not because we feel guilty. It's because we love him so much. So I'm going to read really quickly this, come, this week's, uh, this Sunday's gospel about the good shepherd. There's so many, um, so many things we can pull from this gospel. 
but we're going to talk about the shepherd and his voice and him, him calling his sheep by name. It comes from John 10, 1 through 10. It says, Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever does not enter the sheepfold through the gate but climbs over elsewhere is a thief and a robber. But whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice as the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has driven all of his own, he walks ahead of, ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. They will run away from him because they do not recognize the voice of a stranger. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize what he was trying to tell them. So Jesus said again, Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So I love everything about that scripture. But I want to talk about that Jesus, first of all, um, calls his sheep by name. That he knows each of us by name. And he is leading us. He walks before us and leads us out into good pasture. That that is beautiful. That he knows us and he loves us and he is leading us in the right path. Always. And I think we talked about that last week a little bit about how much, well we talked a lot about it, how much he loves us. So we know that. And that his sheep knows his voice and recognizes his voice. And I think that that is so important that we, we have to stay attuned to his voice. And how do we do that? The only way to know him better and to be able to recognize his voice is to spend time with him, to know his word and to know his promises and to truly build that relationship with Jesus Christ. And so it's just like any other relationship. If we want to form a relationship with someone here on earth, we have to spend time with them. We have to get to know them and know their voice. And same thing with, with Jesus. We have to spend time with him in prayer at church, in mass, um, through adoration, um, whatever that, that prayer time looks like for you. Spend time in scripture. That's where we truly get to know his word and his promises and what he has for us, his desires for us. And he knows our desires. And we have to know and have those same desires that he has for us. So God calls us to be holy, right? God calls us for so much more 
than what we sometimes um, think that, that we are worth, that we're capable of. Um, I think that's where, too, that, that, that conversion of heart comes in. Because for me, for a long time in my Catholic faith, I, I kind of was just going by the, by the rules. Like, I was that good Catholic that was just going to Mass, checking that off the box, and going through the motions. I did the things, and if I didn't, I did feel that good old Catholic guilt, right? Because that's what I was, it's kind of the way I was brought up. I just, I knew, I knew the things that I had to do, and when I didn't do them, I felt guilty. And a lot of that comes with maturity. You know, building that relationship with Jesus Christ comes comes with experience and with age, I think. At least it did for me. And so um, once I realized, gosh, in the, through the grace of the Holy Spirit, um, the importance and the depth of this relationship with Jesus Christ that he was calling me to, um, that metanoia, that true repentance and change of heart that Jesus is calling us all to, that he has so much more in store for us through the Holy Spirit, that I was just going through the motions of being this this good Catholic that was checking off the boxes, um, that I was just kind of mediocre. I was just kind of um, staying the same. But God doesn't call us to be that way. He calls us as Christians to be different. He has bigger plans for you. He calls every single person to be holy, to be perfect. Just as the Holy Father is perfect. In Leviticus 19.2, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. In Matthew 5.48, So be perfect just as your heavenly father is perfect. And that is his standard for everybody. It's not just for a few. God is calling each one of us for that. And he will lead you in that direction. But y'all, I'm telling you, and this was, and I'm, I'm speaking on experience with this, because the devil will tell you that you're okay where you are, that you don't need this conversion, this repentance. Like, you're okay where you are. You're good. You're a good person. This is a little dramatic. You don't really need all of this conversion stuff because he wants you to stay where you are. He knows that if we repent and that we have this incredible relationship with Jesus Christ, that we will be the light of the world, that we will change lives and he wants us to stay in the darkness he wants us to be mediocre he does not want us to be in full communion with Jesus Christ he is scared of that and so that's that's what happened with me I, I feel like the devil what kept telling me those things that I was okay where I was and I was telling myself that that I didn't need all of the things um and so it, 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 took, it took the Holy Spirit um, really grabbing me um, in adoration um, that night and, and telling me that God um, needed, needed more from me um, and that, 
that it was it took that emptying of myself to allow God to come in um, and to do his will. So I think that is truly the, the next step of allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and have that conversion of heart and repent to be truly sorry to acknowledge that, yes, I am a sinner. I need to repent to be truly sorry for my sins and confess, confess my sins that I so that I can be healed. You know, I think um, that God, through our sins, um, can God sees those as a place of hurt for us, that when we do sin, it's usually a place of hurt, that we're trying to fulfill something, a desire that maybe at the core of that is, is we're trying to fulfill a good desire, but we fulfill it with something bad um, that, that comes from that original sin um, is where that comes from, that, we, that desire of that human nature um, and God sees our sin as a hurt, and he wants to heal that. And so um, once we repent of that and confess it, it's a beautiful healing sacrament. We're going to talk about that in another podcast, about the, the sacrament of, of reconciliation. Um, but it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful um, sacrament that we have in our church. Um, but the reconciliation um, where we can be truly healed um, of our of our wounds and our soul and um, be restored into full communion again with Jesus but I really wanted to to drive home that that um, that relationship with Jesus Christ and that that comes first as far as the guilt thing you know I feel like that if we focus on that and realize um, how much Jesus loves us and how much we love him, then that Catholic guilt will go away. That we will no longer have that. Um, that we desire so much of the same things that God desires when we are in that beautiful relationship with him that we, whatever it is, you know, um, we want to be at Mass every single Sunday. We don't feel guilty when we're not there. We don't feel guilty because, oh, that's an obligation I was supposed to fulfill because the church says that I'm supposed to do that. No, it's like, oh, I just feel empty without that because I love Jesus so much that I really wanted to be in Mass today, Right? Like, it's a difference. Um, it's a different feeling when you do things out of love than out of guilt. <laughs> and I know I know, y'all understand what I'm saying. It's like that with any relationship, um, with your spouse, with your children, that you act out of love instead of out of guilt. Um, it really turns things around. At least it has for me. Um yeah, and we, we're not perfect, you know, y'all. We're not perfect. We're not going to get it all right. <laughs> uh, thank goodness that God, his, his mercy is endless, right? Um, his love is endless and his mercy is endless as well. Thank goodness. 
So we're not going to all get it right. We're still going to uh, fail and, and, and ask God for his mercy. And he never gets tired of forgiving us. So um, we still are going to sin and, and fall short. But he always is ready to, to say, you know what, Tracy, it's okay. I'm ready to, to forgive you as well. You know, keep coming to Mass. Keep coming to confession. Um, he is the same today, tomorrow, um, always, always he is the same with that love and mercy. So um, I hope we can get start getting rid of some of that Catholic guilt and just be ready to fall in love with Jesus Christ in that relationship with him and start doing things that we know we should do out of love for him instead of out of that good old Catholic guilt that, we're, that we were used to uh, feeling. So anyway, I hope that um, helps, and I can't wait to see you all again next week, and welcome home to Southern Catholic.